Since the beginning of the creation of God, the heavens and the earth have remained in place in the solar system as we know it. But at the end of the world, God will shake the heavens and the earth will be moved out of its current position in the solar system. God showed it to me this way. The earth slipped on its axis. People were terrified. The governments of men and the scientists and the religious leaders were meeting together to see what could be done about the problem. Well, nothing can be done about the problem because it is ordained by God. Even in the Old Testament, the prophets spoke about this happening. In Isaiah 13, 13. Therefore I will shake the heavens, says God, and the earth shall remove out of her place. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. This is like in the days of Noah, when God brought the great flood upon the earth and destroyed everyone except for Noah. It's like in the days of Lot. The people of Sodom were doing wicked things, and their wickedness came before God in heaven. And he sent two angels to destroy Sodom because of the wickedness. But before he destroyed Sodom, he brought Lot, a righteous man, out of Sodom and saved him. It's going to be the same thing exactly at the end of this world. Jesus says that in, um, I believe it's Luke 17. We can look at it. Verse 26, Jesus says, And as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. The people of the world don't have any idea this is going to happen. From time to time, I will come across some channel that says that their program is how the world ends. And I think, well, all you have to do is read the Bible to see that. It's burned with fire. Second Peter chapter 3. The heavens and the earth are both burned with fire. The world does not have any idea what is coming, just like they didn't know in the days of Noah what was coming. The one characteristic of the day of Noah that stands out to me is the men were so violent. That was the primary characteristic of them. And God said of them, the imaginations of their heart is only evil continually. I sure think we have that today in the world. And their violence, they think they're doing it as a good work. All these protests and everything. They're protesting against injustice while they are 
often looting the stores and burning the buildings. And yet they see that as being good. It's just so twisted, so devilish. And that's what we see today, all this violence. Now, in the days of Lot, the thing, the main characteristic in the days of Lot was the homosexuals were in every quarter of the city of Sodom, and they were openly known as homosexuals. Lot tried to protect the two men who came to visit him. Lot knew what they were going to do. All these men came out from every part of the city of Sodom. Lot knew exactly what they were going to do. And he begged them. He said, oh, do not so wickedly. And the people knew it was wicked. Lot knew it was wicked. The righteous knew it was wicked. The people doing it, I'm sure they, I doubt they knew it was wicked, just like today. They think it is all right to do this. From every part of the city of Sodom, men came to have sex with these two men who were strangers who were at Lot's house. But actually the two men were angels sent by God to destroy Sodom. And as soon as they removed Lot, the two angels destroyed Sodom and all the people that were in it and Gomorrah and all of the cities of the valleys that were adjacent to Sodom were destroyed. They were destroyed with fire and brimstone. Jesus says in verse 28, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In the second coming of Jesus, that will happen too. And that is in Luke 17, verse 30. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So that's what's coming upon the end of the earth. Peter describes it very clearly in Second Peter chapter 3. And Peter even tells us what to do and how to live in view of the fact that we know all of this is going to be destroyed. Look at Second Peter chapter 3. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God 
the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was in the day of Noah, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. See, it was the word of God destroyed the world at the time of Noah. And the same word of God keeps the world in the solar system, keeps it together now. But the time is coming when the same word of God that destroyed the people in the days of Noah, that same word of God will cause the powers of heaven to be shaken and will bring the end to the present heaven and earth and cause it to be destroyed by fire from God. So Peter says in verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 10 but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. See, it will steal this world from the people. We have seen coronavirus do that. Life as we knew it before coronavirus was quite different from life as we know it now. Coronavirus so far has not ended as of 2020, end of uh, this is October 2020 that I'm recording this. As of this date, we still have coronavirus raging all over the world, changing the life of people. It's like a thief in the night. The coming of Jesus will be the same thing. It will be like a thief in the night because the, all of the worldly things that they trusted in and took pleasure in will be destroyed. And they will see in front of their eyes during the Great Tribulation the destruction of everything that they have enjoyed and trusted in. So it's very similar to what is going on right now in our lives. We should be able to understand how quickly it can be taken away. When we look at coronavirus and how quickly it changed the activities all over the face of this earth. The Great Tribulation will be the same thing, except it will be the end of time. And nobody knows when this coronavirus is going to end, but the Great Tribulation will definitely be the end of time. The things that happen in the Great Tribulation, the stars fall from heaven. The sun doesn't shine. One of the plagues is the sun stops shining. The moon doesn't give its light. The stars fall from heaven. The powers of heaven are shaken before the coming of Jesus.
So verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Then Peter says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be now in holy conversation and godliness? How should we live? Peter's going to tell us how to live. Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You will never be able to make this present earth righteous, no matter what you do. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. In the midst of all of this trouble that goes on in the world today, we as Christians are to live in peace. In peace. How do we do that? The main way we live in peace is by connecting with God constantly through prayer. Every time we are concerned about anything, We have to be very quick to turn to God and commit it to God, lay it out before God, let our requests be made known unto God, settle it with God, and then we will live in a peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. So we have to be very diligent to do Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7 constantly. I do not find church people doing that. I find church people, on the whole, troubled, concerned, fretful, failing to overcome. We overcome everything that touches our life through prayer and by following the Word of God given to us by the Holy Spirit, who brings to our mind the way to go. And it's really great because we are not left alone on this earth. We are not left alone. We have living in us the Spirit of God to show us what to do, to guide us, to teach us all things. So we have help and comfort constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because we have the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Three sections of scripture on that subject. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, both say, What, know you not, that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, who is in you? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, where it says, Know you not that Jesus is in you, 
except you be reprobate? Three sections of scripture telling us Jesus is in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. What does the Holy Spirit do for us? He teaches us all things. How? He brings it to our mind. He brings information to our minds to show us what to do and how to do it. As we live on this present earth, day and night, we are taught by the Holy Spirit, comforted by the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, so we will know what to do while we're living on this earth. Those who follow the Holy Spirit are not condemned. Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, doing what the Holy Spirit tells them. So Peter tells us, while we're on this earth, be diligent that ye may be found of him, of God, of Jesus, to be in peace, without spot, and blameless. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to the New Testament Bible, the Word of God, to see which way to go. Make your thinking line up with the New Testament Bible. Let's see, is your thinking lined up with the New Testament Bible concerning homosexuals and lesbians? Or do you think something differently from what the Bible says? For in Romans chapter 1, it tells us what God has to say about homosexuals and lesbians. Now let's see if you agree with what God has to say. Because it is the Word of God that judges us at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll be judged by whether or not we agree with the Word of God. So let's see if you agree with the Word of God. Romans chapter 1. Start at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God did give them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's the situation on the homosexuals and lesbians. Some of them say they were born that way. God says in the beginning God created them as male and female. But this says that God turned them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. He turned them over to a reprobate mind. No, they were not born homosexual. They were born either male or female. 
But along the way, it says they changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Worshipping the mountains instead of the, the God who created the mountains would be an example. Worshipping the object instead of God who created the object. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. So vile affections is how God views lesbian acts and homosexual acts. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. This is not my view, this is God's view. I restructure my view of homosexuals and lesbians according to that which God says. And the New Testament Bible is inspired by God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God so that we might be able to set our doctrine and to correct ourselves. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. When the apostle Paul wrote his epistles to the church, it was God authoring those epistles. When Jesus came to earth as in the form of a human, he said he could do of himself do nothing. He just spoke what he heard from God, the Father. That's Jesus. Paul was the same thing. He spoke what he heard from God when he wrote these epistles. Peter spoke what he heard from God. So it is God speaking to us, not Peter, not Paul, God. He spoke through Peter and through Paul. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, to set up your doctrine, for reproof, to correct your way of life, to make decisions that you're thinking is wrong. So you are going to turn and believe and think according to the Bible for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. My mother was not a Christian. They never went to church, my mother and dad. They um, had no Bibles in the house. They were not Christians. Though I never heard them speak against Bible or against God, but they were not of God. After I was born again, I visited at my mother's house, and I opened the cabinet, the kitchen cabinet door one day, and I saw a set of horoscope mugs that I had given my mother before I was born again. My mother loved horoscopes. Every month when I was a child, we went to town to the drugstore where she bought the monthly horoscope magazine and she would read my horoscope to me many days of the week 
and it would tell me what the future held for me. That day, when I saw those horoscope mugs, I took a garbage bag and began putting the horoscope mugs into the garbage bag. My mother was watching me. She realized what I was about to do, and she said, Wait, no, I want to keep those. You gave those to me. I didn't say a word. I just kept putting them in the garbage bag. I walked past her and went out the door and went to the alley and took the garbage bag and and broke all of the mugs and threw them in the dumpster in the alley so no one else could use them. I went back into the house. My mother was sitting there not saying a word. I picked up the Bible and opened it up to Deuteronomy Chapter 18, start at verse 9. And I read this aloud to my mother. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall not be found among you any one that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that useth divination, or an observer of times, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. After I read that to my mother, she sat there quietly for a minute thinking about it. Then she said to me, Well, I guess we'd better not do that anymore. She was born again at that moment that she agreed with the word of God. She was born again. In heaven, she will be judged by the fact that she turned from the evil and said, we better not do that anymore. We'll go by the word of God. That's what it takes. After I returned to Dallas, my uncle wrote to me. He said, your mother's changed. She's really changed. That's what it's all about. Before we were born again, we lived according to the nature of man, according to what our own flesh thought, what we thought. But after we are born again, it's like being buried with Christ so that we are raised to a newness of life. The old self is dead that we might serve God instead of serving what we think in our own flesh. So our role at this point in time is to be conformed to the Word of God in, in all things. We agree with God. We do not try to persuade God to agree with us. He is God. We agree with him. Therefore, we take the Bible and read it and reconstruct ourselves in the sense of the word of God. 
agreeing with those things that God says. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus says the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. How do you feel about that? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. See, we have to agree with him. We construct our thinking to his word. And at the day of judgment, we will be approved insofar as we have agreed with the word of God. And we will be judged whether it be good or bad, our works on this earth. Let's look at that. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Paul says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. So renew your mind to the New Testament Bible and correct yourself by the New Testament Bible. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And at the end, we're all going to be judged by the New Testament Bible and how much we conformed our life to the New Testament Bible. The Great Tribulation is coming. The judgment of God is coming. The destruction of this current earth and heaven is coming. And it might be coming in our lifetime. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.